Welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And Forrest. Good evening, gamers. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Gamers, we're here. Rise I, up. I was gone for two the weeks. Only I, podcast I had to ha- for hashtag gamers. Yeah. Okay. I had to I had to return with some energy. Okay. I I'll take it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have been gone for a while. Yeah. Yeah. What's up being sick will do to you. It wasn't even yeah. <laughs> the words that you said ran together and you it's, yeah. it sounded it like also you sounded said weird to me. That's uh, what being sickle do. And I'm like sickle do? And I was like what? That's fair. What did you mean by that? I uh, at least you weren't trapped in a superstructure. Yeah. That's very true. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know what that means, but thank yeah. God I wasn't trapped. Well, clearly yeah. you don't listen to the podcast. That's true. Ah. You don't listen on the weeks you're not on. I don't think Seth does either, so that's fine. <laughs> I don't listen to any of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I get enough of it doing it. <laughs> yeah. I listen to them. Don't worry. Also, I don't... Even if you had listened, it probably... I it would was, not have remembered. It was, it was a very extensive conversation we had off mic. Yeah. <laughs> I see. And um, then I referenced it in the opening seconds of the episode true but um, still you would remember you would had you not been would, sickled would you? i uh all right let's set let's talk about video games and not superstructures or sickle mm. or sickle dues uh, I don't know. I've been I've been going in sickle do mode on this Pokemon game. I've been sickle, trapped in sickle do structures. Sickle do is a pretty good Pokemon. Yeah, I was. Name. Yeah, I was it just thinking really that. And I'm gonna find one and probably name it that. <laughs> but I <laughs> usually be. don't nickname my Pokemon. Sickle do. Uh, sickle do is gonna be my probably uh, be like a bug. Grafii. Oh, yeah. Is that how you say That's its name? The monkey. Grafii. Grafii. Uh, it's Grafai because it's an it's an ii which is a monkey. I I I listen. I hate the names. That's the name of, of the of monkey from Super Monkey Ball. I hate the names of some of these Pokemon. What? No, his name is Super Monkey Ball from Super <laughs> Monkey Ball. Yeah, isn't his oh, first right, name right. Super? His middle <laughs> name is monkey. monkey, and his last name is Ball. He's a relative. No, I'm pretty sure. Of Lamar I'm pretty Ball. sure Monkey Ball is hyphenated. It's, okay, it's, uh, I see. Gotcha. He took a. It's both of his parents' last names. <laughs> He's a hyphenate. Yeah. Um, all right, so I have been playing Pokemon Violet. Um, I, I, I have <laughs> two, uh, three gyms, two star leaders, and one super Pokemon left. So six Titan. things. Mm. Titan. Okay. Uh, Titan Pokemon. Good progress. I am really having fun with this game. And really, I can finish out those two gym leaders really fast because I have the flight to their towns or finish two of them real fast because I have the flight. I just have to be leveled up enough, which I'm like five levels away. Nice. Um. And I have to figure out my way around the the psychic one. I think the psychic one is going to do me in a little bit because 
my skill of dirge is fire ghost. Mm. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, but let's talk and make sense for the people listening at home about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, garlic? This is, Pokemon Garlic? Uh, that is the, uh, that's the one they finally base in Italy. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> Pokemon Garlic and Pokemon Pesto. Sha- oh, I was uh, going to say Shallot. Uh, mm, um, garlic and Shallot's pretty good. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Tyler Cook. Uh, but, um. <laughs> I bet, hold on, I'm going to look this up, because I bet there's definitely a Pokemon Garlic ROM hack. <laughs> That's, Listen, there's like a million Pokemon I was about to say, There yeah. absolutely has to be one. Um, all right. I've been playing Pokemon Violet, and I've been exploring the world. Seth and I actually played multiplayer the other day. Um, there's a Pokemon Grape. I don't see garlic anywhere. Um, Darn. How did you feel about the multiplayer, Seth? Well, it was kind of weird. Right. Um <laughs> We couldn't really do much because we're in like kind of very far apart from each other in, in level and stuff. And so yeah. stuff that was populating from my game was a lot higher level than you, your stuff. Um, and also, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of weird. The I, I think it's a good, it's a neat idea. Um, but it doesn't really seem like you can do any of the like the gyms or any of the other story stuff so you can't actually make progress in the no. game Collab- right there's not really any specific collaborative stuff for you to do except for the raids right which uh, we did do a few of them yeah and you did also help find help me find something that allowed me to catch one of the legendaries so that was good oh really what did i for that for hours what did i the stake f- the stake in the ground wait the one that i couldn't were- find Oh, you were missing one, and I yeah. found it. You're welcome. Yep, I found it by your crystal. Yep, <laughs> Seth's crystal. Oh, you have no clue. So, I saw that picture the other um, day, and I was like, "What?" So it was very strange. In, in the game, when you are in someone else's game, or they are in your game, um, you know the there are well, not you because you haven't played it, but yeah. there it, when it you're spawns, the world, it spawns raid dens from both games. Right. But only the person whose game it's coming from can open it. So right. if you go to one that is from the other game, <laughs> as David found out, it said he found out many times, like, this is Seth's crystal. Yeah. And the first time he <laughs> said it out loud, I was so confused at what he was saying. It is truly a perplexing and I, statement. I did come out my of best imitation of Seth, and I <laughs> didn't explain it for the next 15 times I said, this is Seth's crystal. That's true. <laughs> Eventually, I found one that said, this is David's crystal. <laughs> yeah. um, it's crazy that you found so many of them, because they don't... It only shows on your map the ones that are coming from your game. But you yeah. kept running into mine. I just saw what I do is I look for the you yeah, know the, shiny the, thing the in the distance. <laughs> towers of light, yeah. Yeah. I don't even put it on the map. I'm like, I'm just gonna go here. You just yeah. eyeball it. Yeah. Wonderful. That's really at the end of the day, that is my one of my biggest issues with this game. Uh and one of the things I like is that um unlike Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild. There isn't enough interesting things within eyesight for me to be like, oh, I should go look, go look over Let's there. See. 
But also there's those raid dens, which are these beacon of lights that it's like, okay, I guess I'll just go over here to see what's at the raid. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing that's really that interesting. The rest of it is just kind of flat terrain that is kind of boring to me. Um, I want the world to look cooler and have more interesting stuff to interact with. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not necessarily getting that. Um, I love the game when it feels a little more structured as a Pokemon game, but I understand what they're doing with the looseness of it and giving you the freedom to tackle it at your own pace. Yeah. And I like that. Um, but it does lead to some weird push and pull. Like right now I, I got so far in, in a certain way that I actually over leveled myself for stuff that I probably should have done in a different order. So now I'm like level 45 wiping this like level 20 area because I didn't do those two gyms yeah. um, on the other side of the map. And I went right. Um, and it, it's just kind of strange how the game doesn't, it, it purposely doesn't give you, at least in my experience, because Seth could have a completely different one. And that's one of the things about open world games. In my experience, it's not laying out this clear roadmap for me, and I kind of miss it. I I like the idea of an open-world Pokemon as much as it was in Arceus. Yeah. But I think when you're giving me gems and you're giving me the storyline with Star and stuff, I would – I want the open-world area, but I want some structure. A structured way through I miss it. Sword and Shield – Kind of. Yeah. The way that that had definitive towns and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you've been feeling that, Seth. Um, yeah, it's weird. There's definitely a tension between what like Pokemon used to be and what they're trying to figure out what Pokemon can be right. in the future. Yes. Um, I also... There, there were also multiple times where I was like, man, I... I I kind of miss miss those like like the Nugget Bridge thing from Pokemon Red and Blue, where you were just forced into like five straight battles, um, yeah, and there was no other way to go forward. Like you couldn't really go around. Like um, there aren't re- really any of those challenge actually challenging like bottlenecks in in the area because you can just go up and over and go around anything. Um, there really aren't aren't any roadblocks that you have to strategically find your way through. Right. Um and so yeah, there was definitely times that I was um wishing for more pushback from the game um against the 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 amount of freedom they were giving. Um but I I think I I mostly agree with your sentiments. Um like the 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 overworld is fine enough um, but there aren't really any landmarks. Like, there aren't really any visually interesting places for the most part yeah. that you're going. Everything, like, there are different-ish biomes. Like, there's a snow place, and there's a big desert. Um, and there's some unique foresty areas that you go, that you spend a little bit of time in. Um, but yeah, there isn't really much 
in terms of like dynamism in the actual map that so, that you that are like that's that's sort of pointing you in different directions. Here's um, the weird thing: I hesitate to say foresty because most of it is just green ground because if they put too many trees in the game it probably wouldn't run very well so <laughs> well like you're- but there are there are some there are like two specific areas i can think of um that are like a bit farther north in the map that are maybe um, i just haven't that, that feel more like actual like woodlandy okay. uh, but yeah you're right for, for most of the part it's kind of flat open ground with trees sparsely around around there um so yeah it's just it's kind of um i don't know it's a bit of a boring world um and a lot of the pokemon worlds have been boring but you know you never really had the freedom to look around them um in the way that you do in this one uh i i don't know like the i appreciate when sword and shield did like they had the traditional roots um and towns and stuff but those were also kind of you know they, they, there there wasn't a whole lot going on in those for the most part um but at least I like I, I i guess my main thing is that like i get it there wasn't when sword and shield was the classic way but all of these towns Actually, aside from the one I just went to, the water one, where there was, like, weird elevators in it. It feels like all these towns are very similar. Yeah, um, yeah they are. Um, and, but, but like, there's nothing unique like the dark mushroom town in yeah, Sword that's, Shield. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. And the, um, the, like, soccer hooligan town that was, like, this back alley that was really neat. Yeah, like, one thing I definitely noticed is that Sword and Shield was a lot more cinematic in its presentation um, than this game was, like in the battles and in the, the places that you visited. They all were uh, a lot more kind of outsized. Uh, they were a lot, all a lot bigger. Um, and outside of, of the main, like Mesa Goza, um, there isn't really much of anything in, in terms of unique uh, places and 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 cool looking, just general cool looking stuff. Um, Spectacle even, which it's... is too bad. I mean, when you the when you first get into like the final area, that the the map has like this huge crater in the middle of it, and inside is Area Zero, which is like the uh, end game area, and you you can't go in it until you've completed the three main story paths. Um, and when you go in it, it is it is like definitely the coolest looking area in the game um but even it uh it it suffers from the problem that i ha- like my biggest problem with the game in is in the the variety of pokemon um it's never going to be a problem that they can solve like there's the the pokédex in this game has 400 pokemon um and there are couple that you can get outside of the pokedex through in-game trades um yeah or uh or the raids well i haven't found any raids that have i i, I mean i guess outside of the like the limited time raids that they're doing right um, the, the limited month. time raids i meant the so right yeah. now charizard and score bunny was the yes the, um cinderace 
But and like four hundred is is not it's not a number to scoff at. Um no. but it is it 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 seems like a small number, like when you've gone through the whole world and it's just the same Pokemon in all over the place. Like there are certain areas where individual Pokemon pop up that you can't find anywhere else. Um but that's another thing that kind of leads to the the homogeneity feeling of the world in that you can find any Pokemon pretty much anywhere outside of the unique cases. Like the, the desert is the desert area is really the only um place that has its own kind of specific feeling. Uh and it's the only place you can find, you know, the the sand Pokemon basically. Um mm-hmm. And so it's it's tough like it's just it's it's not really a problem they can solve I don't think if they're going to make worlds this big and have them be completely open um you're never going to be able to provide enough variety of pokemon for it to for for each place to feel kind of new um and it wasn't, I guess it wasn't really a problem in the old days because you couldn't actually see the Pokemon, you know. You would go right. in the tall grass and whatever came out would come out. And so in that, it kind of felt like a surprise. Like you didn't know what was in these areas. Um, but being able to see everything and just sort of walk around them and, and look at them from afar, um, it, I don't know, it, 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 it sort of makes the world feel smaller in a way even though it's presented a lot more open. Um, and it's also a problem that is exacerbated to me in the in Area Zero. Um, and it might just be the way I played that I kind of caught every new species that I would come in, in front of, but, like, I I don't think there was, there was, like, one Pokemon in Area Zero that I caught that I didn't have previously. Um, so I, I basically avoided all but the only but the mandatory battles as I was going through it um so it's yeah it, it's sort of you know they're they're it's it, they're in kind of a weird space with what how how to best translate this into a fully 3d space yeah um, I think like I think the Pokemon issue might be mitigated if the world was more interesting to move through and there was stuff to do in it that wasn't just catching Pokemon. Um, But again, I I also don't really know what that would be because like Game Freak is never going to get super in the weeds with, with gameplay because, you know, these games are kind of first and foremost... Like I, I'm pretty sure they they design each of these with new players and like a, a new audience in mind. Yeah, um, you know it's a it's a big issue that the aging Pokemon fan base from the Red and Blue days. You know they always yell about how the games are designed for kids rather than this now large adult fan base. But it's just that's kind of their ethos that. Um the games are sort of simple on purpose and there is, they do add different kind of window dressing on top of it to give it a bit more complexity. But, um, 
I don't know that the gameplay is really ever going to evolve out uh, outside of the, you know, running around at catching Pokemon and battling gyms. Um, right. So I don't know, I don't really know what the answer is, but I th- I feel like the world has to be there, there there has to be a bit more to do even if it's just like in terms of looking at things visually, like getting stimul stimulation from the area itself rather than what you're doing um in order to kind of mitigate the fact that you know, there's only a hundred brand new Pokemon in this game. And if you're coming from playing other games, you will have seen all of these and caught them all before. Um, so, I, like, so yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the solution for that is. But it, it, was, it was definitely a big problem when I got to Area Zero, and all these Pokemon were the same. Um, and there are, like, like, the big sort of thing is that there are these paradox Pokemon that are in Scarlet are like past versions of Pokemon and in Violet are future versions of Pokemon. Right. But there's only six of them in each game. Yeah. Um, And they're all really cool looking and they each get their own kind of moment where you have to battle them specifically. But it's sort of you know, you go into this ancient primordial area that you have you've been locked out of for the whole game and then you see you know all the same pokemon except for these six new ones one of which you've already seen uh, earlier in the game it's it's just sort of i don't know it's kind of it, it's weird it, like i said i don't know what the ideal middle ground here is um yeah, I don't know. I it's it's sort of frustrating because it feels like um, they're a af- I don't know if afraid is the right word, but this could have been fixed by having interior towns that you load into when you approach them a little bit. Um, right, but I think that was that was just something that they didn't want to do in this game. Um, yeah. I understand. You know, that. they didn't sort of shield and they had a completely like a, a different philosophy in Arceus, but I think they in order to facilitate the the openness of it, they didn't want to have um those kind of uh fenced in areas basically. Here's also the Which I think they can part. they can they can do that um and and make the towns more interesting to move through. I don't think those right. two things have to be um, separate from each other. Well, it, it really takes away from me enjoying moving through the town when I can just leap over buildings with my Pokemon to get to the building that I need to get to go to. Uh, it sort of takes yeah. away some of that exploration feeling for me. Um, I, I don't know. I what's frustrating is at the end of this conversation, I still like the game. I still think it's fun. I like Pokemon. I, I don't think it's a bad one necessarily. I mean, I have my qualms with it, but like I'm enjoying throwing my new Pokemon at the wild ones and watching it fight and 
all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's just weird having to reconcile like how much of this is me getting older and how much of this is this maybe bad game decision on their part. And I, I don't know because I, yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell like you at, for me. It, go ahead. I'll tell you after sword and shield, I thought people were crazy. Cause I was like, I love this game. I love sword and shield. I think it was, it's like one of my top three Pokemon games. Wow. I like, I like, it's probably, yeah, it's probably hard, like gold and silver. If you want to count hard gold and soul silver as separate, everyone does, but like gold and silver X and Y, and then sword and shield are my favorites. Uh, I loved X and Y. Yeah. And same. I love sword and shield. Um, this one doesn't crack the top three, but it's probably top five or top six. Yeah. Uh, but like, if you had asked me then, I thought the people that were mad at sword and shield were crazy. And like, I've been a staunch sword and shield defender, but this one, I don't know. I like it a lot, but it, I, I, I liked Arceus a lot more. I vibed with that game so yeah, much I more. Yeah, I think Arceus had a kind of magic that this game doesn't. And I don't know what it was about Arceus. I mean, I think part of it was like the first time it was a truly open world, even though that game was divided into like specific regions. Um, but even then, part that of it was helped like, it I, feel... Yeah, that, like... That, Okay, yeah, sorry. I understand. Like the the areas were able to feel more unique, um, than by like putting them into chunks, um, which you know may be the way that they go about it in the future. Um, I don't know. It like it's clear they're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, I I do wish that they. I think part of it is that they 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 don't have anyone who has worked on these types of games before, and I, you know, I complained about this before how it feels like they, you know, there's an entire history of the way 3D open world games have evolved, and it feels like they kind of ignore that, and, and it, or rather, it feels like no one, no one on the staff has played any of those games, and it's like they're, it's they're starting from scratch. <laughs> Um, yeah. and which is kind of frustrating because, you know, Nintendo has embraced like getting, working with outside, I mean, not even outside studios, but ha having their different partner studios work on these big games that have more experience, um, working on it. And I know like Nintendo isn't like creatures and Game Freak are kind of they they work on this by themselves. They're not like directed from Nintendo. It's so I don't know. It's like I don't I don't know what the what the middle ground that they can find between what um what the old like the the more focused linear parts of the old games and the 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 different different ways of of creating openness that this one and Arceus and Sword and Shield had. Um, 
but you know, we'll uh, we'll see in two years because, like clockwork, a new one's going to come out. That hopefully by then they uh will better know how to utilize the hardware to create um worlds that don't turn into a snail space when there's too much going on 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 screen. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, I have to say, I really hope that at some point Game Freak will s- create new sound samples. Um, <laughs> like, there's some... like Some of the music in this game is really good, but sounds bad because I swear they've been using the same... They've been using the same samples since they moved to, like, Game Boy Advance. They're just using less and less compressed versions of them. Like, the sounds sound the same in this game yeah. um, that they did from back then, and it's just... It it lends a kind of cheapness to the, to the audio that is kind of frustrating. Um, and there's also a weird thing where some of the the most enjoyable music in the game for me was like the so the overworld themes are different based on whether you're walking on foot or riding on your pokemon um and the game definitely incentivizes you to ride on the pokemon because it's the easiest way to get around but the walking themes in my opinion suit the world and what you're doing much more and they're just kind of uh easier to listen to on repeat than the 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 writing themes. Um, also, the best music in the game comes in when you first get to Area Zero. And I remember I, I, as I was walking through it earlier today, I was like, man, this is really good. And it, it sounds really familiar to me. And then I looked it up. And of course, it was one of the tracks that Toby Fox wrote. Nice. It, so it has to be. I And I bet it is. But like Forrest asked me today. When he came over early on, he's like, so how's the music? Is it, like, good? And I didn't have an answer because (laughs) every time I've made an effort to listen to the music, it is just sort of there. And so I don't feel bad about playing it without volume on. on. And that is not the case for most Pokemon games, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. but this one, the music is just sort of there for me, or it's like I mean, I too think it's, busy. I think for it's me pretty good understand. overall. Um, it does, it it does some neat stuff. Like different regions that you're in, different have their own kind of overworld themes. Um, and it does the the Final Fantasy Seven re- remake thing of the battle themes, um, in certain places being like hyped up versions of the overworld theme, um. So it kind of, like, you run into a Pokemon in the overworld and it smoothly transitions into into the the battle theme, like, in the same area of the music, but just in a, in a different sound. Um, so I think, like, like, like I said, I, I think the music is pretty good, and there are definitely some standouts, but a lot of it for me is definitely lowered in qual- by, by the quality of the sounds that they're using. It's just kind of... Me- you know, it, it's it's sort of uh, it's just it's just a lot. It's it it is not the the quality of the sound does not kind of match what the world is providing. I don't think. 
Maybe I need to play it with some headphones on or something so I can hear more of it. I do think that the characters in this game are generally very good. Yeah, I like um, I like for Pokemon for sure. Like all the characters sort of have their one trait, um, or rather, like that that their character is based around. Um, so there's not like there's not a whole lot of complexity, but um, I do like the characters uh, how they kind of weave in into the story and stuff. So, uh, I wish there was kind of a bit more overlap in what was going on with the three, the three different storylines. Um, that that was going to be one of my questions. Yeah. Um. My other one is: Do any of them reach th- my appreciation for Hop's storyline? Probably not. Uh, okay. There was not a character right. in this that I liked as much as Hop. Okay. Um, I think Hop is goaded for sure. Yeah. I uh, I t- with the songs? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Nimona is a good rival, I think. Um, she's, she's got, I, like, she's, I keep seeing like descriptions about her that's like, she's playing on New Game Plus, and she just wants to see your progress yeah, <laughs> on absolutely. your first like, run. Yeah. Like, Canonically... She like she tells you up front that in the previous year she became champion. Yeah. Uh and at the beginning when you get your first pokemon she's like, "Oh, professor, let me have one so I can raise it at the same time so we can like judge our progress against each other." It's wonderful. Um, yeah. She's 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 a lot of fun. Um and there are there are two other sort of mainish characters who that are in the other um stories. That I think are also good. Arvin, who is the character that is in the the Path of Titans storyline, where you go, have to go around and defeat the the huge Pokemon. Um, I think he's definitely a standout because he's the one who actually has he he feels like an actual person. I think yes, yeah. Um, and is honestly, but I, so I I finished the game earlier. Um, his the the full arc of a story is kind of <laughs> very sad. Um, right. Yes, great. Yeah, it, it, it definitely comes to like a tragic end. <laughs> it's like, oh, that sucks. Uh, and right. it it, the, it it ends on a sad note. Um, but yeah, there's some like the, the there's a lot of good characters in the. I like all the way all of the elite four show up as you are progressing through the the gym challenge. Um, so you get to know them, and they're not just like random characters that show up at the end. I do like the sound, I, of which that. I think is good. Yeah, there's a lot of okay. Also, among the elite four, uh, Game Freak just decided in this game to pop off with weird hairstyles, and I, I, I do like it. Look, like Game I, Freak has been popping off with some of their designs for a long time. Yeah. I know, I know, I get that, but like, it's also I feel like crazy. Game, like, it's it's also crazy looking back at the amount of characters that are just like you. You look back and you go, man, so many of these characters are hot. It's weird. <laughs> so many are hot. Like you don't expect it in a in a kids game, but there's definitely a lot of hot characters. Um. Uh. I mean, one of the standouts for me has got to be Clive. 
I know you <laughs> said you didn't like him at first. I, hold on. I have since done like three star areas since then. And yeah, I he just shows up in the uh, I, Operation I've, Starfall. I appreciate um, the bit. I'm, I'm here. I'm bought in. Every He's time hilarious. I every time I tell him that I think it's him, Clive. I think it's Clive. Uh, <laughs> He's great. He is Forrest. Um, he's the, the essentially like the old principal of the school that you go to. Yeah. Um, he puts on a student uniform and has this huge pompadour, like Josuke pompadour wig. God bless. I'm looking um, at it right now. And and every time, uh, <laughs> every. Every time you see him, you have the opportunity to call him by the like his actual name, and he's yeah. like, "No, no, my name is Clive. Please remember that." And it's 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 really funny. Um, and there is a, a hilarious reveal at the end of that story, um, <laughs> when he shows who he is, and of course, you know, one of the options is to act surprised but the other one is like <laughs> yeah it it was very clearly that it was you this whole time, the whole time. <laughs> it's really fun he's great um yeah it's it's a colorful cast of characters for sure um there's definitely this one like you can also there's also sort of a social link system with the professors at the school um and luckily, it doesn't feel like any of them are trying to come on to you as a child. But that's good. Uh, except God. for the nurse. the 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 nurse is kind of questionable. It's always the nurse. Yeah, but the nurse. a lot of good characters for sure. None as good as Hop, I don't think. Um, but I do like them all, for all in 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 all of their differences. Yeah. Um, I think it's a pretty good game. Um, like I have, I definitely have qualms with it. Um, that I think definitely are like they are issues that have since they moved into full three D space. There are issues that haven't been like fixed yet. Like it's one thing to be trying to figure out what gameplay is, but like the the like the way the world works and the glitches and stuff is kind of. It's like, all right, I get that you never worked on 3D before, but at this point, I would like you to have them figured out. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it's weird knowing that in two years, like Clockwork, we'll have a, a brand new game and we'll be going over this again. Um, you know, it's it's the sort of the the Ubisoft problem. But yeah, I I think for the most part, I. I've enjoyed it. Same. I it's I a might, fun time. Uh, I will have it finished by next week because I'm gonna have it finished by Friday. I'm determined. Yeah, because that's the day that a uh, pocket car jockey comes back on iPhone, baby. Apple <laughs> Arcade. Uh, I'm so excited for yes. that. Yes. Um, it's also the day that. Um, Fire Emblem has its big crossover with Pokemon and Penny moves over into Fire Emblem Engage. What are you talking the, about? The one character in Pokemon has red and blue hair. Like, 
Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> like the character in Fire Emblem Engage. Yeah, I forgot about that. Every time I see that character, I'm like, what are you doing here? Uh, you, you grow up to be in a different game. Uh, probably not. But, um, yeah. Never mind. Wow, that landed for no one. All right. It, I, it I mean, you haven't land. played it, but yeah. I figured at least Sith would have drawn the lines. But I mean, definitely the first time I saw her and she had red and blue hair, I was like, oh, like that stupid looking character from the new Fire Emblem game. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, it's cool. I, but I, I, you know, I haven't. I, he, it's just, he looks really dumb. Um, <laughs> also, it sounds like the story of that game is really dumb, but I'll definitely play it. <laughs> I'll, yeah. David, I don't know if you've seen the rumor. Like the, I'm pretty sure these rumors have absolutely no basis, and I don't know where they came from. But there are a lot of people who have been um, sure that the first the DLC for Scarlet and Violet is going to take place in Kalos. Mm. I'd be down for that. I doubt it, but I I'd very be much so doubt it. But I would like it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, with X and Y, they could... X and Y is the one... Bring back Mega Evolutions, baby. Hold on. No, they would call them Paradox Evolutions and use the Paradox forms, probably. Oh, my God. Because that's... I would bet that's a a thing. Um, Yeah, there is an interesting thing, that There are two Paradox Pokemon. There's a... There's a... What's his name? Salamence and uh, Gallade that very much look like their mega evolutions from Gen, from X and Y. Yeah. Mm. Um, which is peculiar. And uh, and their Pokedex entries say something about it, I think. Yeah. One thing, also one thing I don't like about this game is that there's not really any bad guy. Um, and I know that... Like I'm remembering, even Sword and Shield had one. Yeah, and I thought he was great, actually. Me too. Um, but there's not really any kind of overarching evil in here that is looming, and that like even though in Sword and Shield it was mostly happening in the background, which I still think is kind of hilarious. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, that's that's one thing this game is missing for sure, uh, and of course it is hard to have like a looming evil when. Like it, it doesn't really work with the idea that you can go through the world at your own pace. Although it never does in RPGs, um, dude. There's never really any reason why people who are on a quest to save the world would take time to go to little towns and fish and help people find their lost jewelry or anything. But it is something that I, this... as I came to the end of the game, I wish there was. My my head cannon is now here. I'm here. AZ is going to come over and you're going to go to Kalos with him. And cuz he's he's immortal. He he's alive for like 3000 years. Yeah. Yeah. This is the game, the bridge between past and future. It's in the, the whole um, thing. Wow. In the <laughs> in the history class there is a lot that you can take at the school. There is a lot of talk about the ancient Paldean kingdoms and empires and stuff. Mm. Um, and we we all know that there was a huge war at, like thousands of years ago in X and Y that's never really been elaborated on. Like I I think there's definitely a way they could do it, but I also don't think it will happen. <laughs> uh, sign me up. 
There's a big uh, performance patch at the end of February coming, supposedly. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, they said it's uh, 1.2 or whatever that's coming. Um, all right. Uh, Forrest, what did you play? We talked about Pokemon for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but really, count that as our Pokemon review. I, you know, Seth, do you think you certify this game? Hmm. Hmm. That's a tough one. It's definitely on the line for me. I, you know, I think so. Like I said, I think it's fun. Yeah, I haven't beat it yet. Um, so it's difficult for me. But from what you've said... Really, and like my, because I'm almost there. Uh, I really am enjoying it. I think that people should play this game. And I think, especially once the hurdles of the technical limitations are possibly fixed with these updates, hopefully, um, or at least made a little better, um, people should experiment with the game. Uh, it's very accessible and fun. Uh, so go play Pokemon Scarlet and Violet hopefully with X and Y DLC. Mm. Um, that's my Seth. You stoked a fire in me that you'd like, <laughs> look, man, when I saw oh, yeah. when I first saw it, I was like, Oh man, <laughs> this is what I want. This is what yeah. I've longed for for so long. Yeah. Like a uh, decade at this point. Cause really. they did it. Oh man. We don't need to go down. this <laughs> We'll be here. Forever. Cause they didn't do sec. They did a stupid black and white too. The mm. one game that like really could have done with a cool sequel, and they're just like, nah, nah. we'll go to the islands. Dumb. Son yeah, I, I watched a, a pretty good was a YouTube video about like what happened to. I think that the title was like, "What happened to Pokemon Z and Pokemon Gray?" Um, yeah, because Z and, was, um, and it right seemed there. like the conclusion was that there never was any plan to do like another game set in that um in that region Ugh. um cowards because because like the 25th anniversary of Pokemon came up and they and so they wanted to do a new game for for then like it was just the timing landed perfectly and they wanted to have a, a brand new experience but who cares it seemed about like the there, 25th there was anniversary dumb <laughs> yeah, it seemed like there was stuff left on the cutting room floor that they then, you know, incorporated. Like the all the stuff with with Zygarde, it seemed like there was more that was going to be in the game that yeah. they just ended up sh shunting onto Sun and Moon um, mm -hmm. with no real actual story reason for it being there. Yeah, which is a bummer. Yeah, but still we the other Sun and Moon and the other side of that is that. I'm pretty sure all any all of that story stuff ended up being put into the anime. Um and look Well that means I, nothing to me. I I the look the, the X and Y arc of of the Pokemon anime is legitimately like good anime. Um of course I'm a person who's always enjoyed the, the ridiculousness of the Pokemon movies. Um, but I think like the the later parts of of the X and Y anime reach those heights and is really fun watch. Hmm. So you know it's it's not really it, it it doesn't 
it doesn't leave you much. Like I would much rather experience that stuff in the game. But it was nice that I got to see it somewhere. They actually used all of these kind of narrative threads um, that were not picked up in X and Y and did something with them. Curious. Maybe I'll check it out then. It also has the best Pokemon Best Girl Serena, so. It's true. All right, Forrest, what'd you play since oh. I've taken it away from you a couple yeah. times? It's okay. Um, going into this year, All I'm right, gonna... we'll be back with the news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going into this year, I was in a massive slump and an abusive relationship with Halo Infinite where uh, every time I played it, I just got mad. So it was Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, we could talk about we'll, that we'll in a little there. bit. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, where I didn't want to play anything except for Halo Infinite, except when I played that game, I would just get mad and f- stressed and frustrated more than anything else in my life was making me feel those negative feelings at any so other moment. So you didn't play that, is what you're saying, Gus? Um, well, eventually what happened is that I started playing a survival horror game that came out at the tail end of last year called Signalis, um, which I have been really excited for for the past like year and a half. Yeah, and I have that on my Switch and I've not gotten into it yet. It is sublime and sinister and just... It, it, it's it's one of those things again where a game is really hooking itself into me and when I'm not playing it all I can think about is playing it. Nice. Like it it I it's making me feel like I did when I first played the Resident Evil 2 remake. And not like not like how I felt like with the 3 remake or like 7 or 8, but like when I really got into it with the 2 remake where everything just felt right about the experience. Um, The atmosphere is horrid in the best way. Um, The, like, I I won't get too much into about, like, the start of the game or, like, the story of it all because it's kind of loose and you're just trying to piece things together, really. But where the game takes place primarily, like, where you're playing through is this weird almost like it's like almost like a town like a mining town except it is all structured you're you're trapped in a superstructure yes Uh, oh man (laughs) yeah and like the the top floors uh are like the ground like the ground level and like you come in from the outside and like the top floors there's like classrooms um bunks uh for like the workers and the people that live there and um like medical facilities stuff like that and the deeper you go um you like like i said it's like a mining town like there is a mine that is underneath all of this and something happened in the mine i think that caused stuff to go crazy and like mm. people to get infected and sick with something that is and that turning is what happened grotesque. In, that is what happens in mines yeah and it's if, also what happens horror, in survival horror games right if horror <laughs> games general. and movies have taught me anything if there's a mine something's gonna come out of it that you yes. don't want 
Exactly. Steer steer far and clear of it, to be honest, for your safety and everyone else's. Um, but yeah, uh, it is just spooky at all times. It is very eerie. Um, the graphics for the game, I for the people at home, um, you know, podcast famously, visual medium, um, it's all pixelated. Like, I don't want to say 8-bit because that's too low grade, but it is like, I would say highly detailed pixelated artwork. Um, well, it's all the, top down. I remember when it came out and I, you know, saw initial thoughts and pictures of them. Like, what I what I gathered is that the, both in gameplay and like visual stylings and fidelity, it's very intentionally like doing the like PSX a, Resident Evil yes, games. That's what I was and that's what I was about to get at. Um it very much feels like a cleaned up version of Resident Evil 1 and 2 for sure. Mm. Um and I I I think it's one of the most visually striking and off-putting games that I played in a while. Um like I'm I'm seeing things in this game that I am genuinely like grossed out by even though it is just kind of like blurry pixels um sometimes I intentionally so um there's even like a crt filter you can put on um mm. which is kind of fun um yeah we we like we've seen it as we've gone through like 8-bit and 16-bit homages like there is a definite um style to those early playstation 3d games yeah um like that, yeah, like the, the it's ripe the, for iteration and per, and perfecting yeah. now. We're we're right going right into that kind of. Um, it's right in the area that the nostalgia is going to come through, and people yeah. are going to start bringing it back to the forefront. Yeah, um, yeah, yep. It, I'm I'm excited to see more games look like this. To be honest, then I I think it is such an effective visual style to use especially for survival horror where I would say the more hyper realistic survival horror games are the less off putting they can be outside of very rare instances. Um, yeah. It's like, but like it, it's the same thing of like in horror movies, how you don't want to show the monster. Yeah. Um, because it, it's more effective that you fill in the gaps uh, of what is not there and that, that, that's scarier in itself to not exactly. be able to see what is happening. Yeah. Um, sometimes than seeing something very clearly visually. And uh, Signalis does that very well, at least from the, the like five, four to five hours I've played of it so far. Um, the, the only gripe that I can really say that I have um, just real quick is the combat, like the shooting it's it's trying to do it's trying to allow you to do free aim but then once you free aim over to an enemy then it locks onto them and if you have multiple enemies in front of you sometimes it will not prioritize the one that's closest to you mm -hmm. even if you are trying to move the aiming mm, stick classic. to it yeah um it and that's the only like real frustration i've had with the game so far um the puzzle solving is is solid um there's actually a unique 
uh, radio frequency aspect to some of the puzzles. And you have to, like, find a certain radio frequency and then, like, find out the code that that frequency is broadcasting, stuff like mm. that. Um, is that the, and then is also that the titular... just the classic, like, oh, you found this... Is that the, the titular signal in Signalis? Oh. <laughs> you may be on to something. Mm. Is, uh, the Signalis or Signal is? Mm. Mm. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> signal is signal 1037. Sickle-doo. Sickle-doo. Sickle-doo superstructures yeah um uh but yeah and then there's like other like classic puzzles where you are just finding like bits and pieces of a thing that you combine together to unlock something to get you to another area just typical survival horror puzzle mechanics like that um but there are these weird in-between sections that put you in a first person view and Mm. You just explore. Uh, sometimes it's like when you get in an elevator and switch floors. Sometimes it's like you're actually taken to a different area entirely. And it's probably a flashback. I There's not much story being told at in those points. So this is definitely just me assuming. I think it's flashback scenes. And... But everything is just so still and empty, and it that's what makes it like scary a lot of the times, or at least yeah. unnerving. Is that sometimes the absence yes. of something is more horrifying than the active, mm, like the absence of oxygen, right? Uh, horrifying, yeah, but yeah, yeah. um, you die, you could, you very well could. But I I mean you could. I wouldn't. I'm built different. But you uh. know. Yeah. Um but yeah, D- Signalis just does survival horror so right. Um if I've heard nothing but glowing praise uh, for this game from so many I will podcasts prob- and I, people. Yeah. I absolutely see where they're coming from on it. Um I like I said, this game is hooking itself into me and infecting me and I don't want to play anything else really yeah it's that norco um there's a couple yeah that came out last year that like i've heard are phenomenal they're scratching an itch and then at the end of this Norco's month we've got good. dead space remake and then the resi 4 remake in a few months after that it's a good year so far for survival horror yeah yeah but yeah, Signalis, great game. Um, I, I'll, I'll definitely have it, but done by this time next week. I'll get moving through some other stuff. Um, nice. Quick Halo Infinite update because I will unfortunately go back to it again and again. That game is finally feeling like it should have been at launch. Hmm. It has content. It has game modes. It has maps. Um, it has a full recreation of DK Mountain in Forge mode. <laughs> it does. It does. It has a waffle. It it has a Waffle House in Forge mode. Um, Ooh, where you can yeah. find Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> Halo Infinite's doing a lot better. I 
also have figured out the secret to not being frustrated in that game is to just not play the game modes that frustrate me. Uh, Big Team Battle is great. I just do not get stressed when I play Big Team Battle. And I get more XP per match because of it for some reason. You get 250 XP per match compared to like the 100 or 150 you get from non-Big Team Battle matches. So I'm, I'm unlocking more. I am having more fun um but yeah they also brought back the pit from halo 3 um the only thing that i could really wish for at this point is that some of the forge mode the forge made maps by fans i'm i really hope that they could somehow find a way to be added into the matchmaking rotation because like especially in regards to legacy maps fans have remade blood gulch valhalla the like a million other maps from old halo games if people have already done the work find a way to pay them for that and then just maybe tweak it a little bit on 343's end and put it into matchmaking like there's there's no reason that why not other other games aren't in community spotlight type stuff exactly i mean halo has done community spotlight stuff since three yeah like, like, like fan-made Forge maps have made it into matchmaking as a yeah. consistent thing. I'm just wondering it when they're going to pull the trigger on it for Infinite at this point. Who knows? Um, I'm sure it's in the pipeline, but yeah. hard, the, maybe, Who knows? Uh, you know, it, I'm sure that the stuff that they have planned took a hit when... Uh, Microsoft laid off a bunch of their team. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but with that, uh, I don't think anyone has played anything else. No. Um, played more Madden, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> stupid game. <laughs> How much did you spend on the stupid game? I spent nothing. Oh, don't on do it. that to him. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, that's right. You did. You had coupons and stuff. Yeah. You wasted coupons on a. I did. Oh my god! I don't god. think it's wasting. He he could have used those for other games, right? He kept it from having were they, to cost him money. Or were they Madden specific coupons? They were, they were not Madden specific, but <laughs> no, okay, I was, yeah, I'm I was gonna going to get the game e- e- either way because <laughs> the stupid demo. <laughs> and the stupid Super Bowl, I had to finish it, and so I figured the only way I could feel good about it was getting it free. And even then, I still felt ripped off. There you go. Um, with that, we will be back after the break with the news. Hi, Big Joe here, and I'm here to tell you to check out Suplex the Sticks on all social media platforms at, at Suplex the Sticks. Links for the socials and the invite to our Discord are in the show notes below. Subscribe and review the show on your favorite podcatcher. And while you're at it, let your friends know about the podcast. It's the best way to help us grow our community. And with that, back to the show. And we're back. All right. Um, Let's get through the news. It's not going to be too long, I promise. Uh, There wasn't a lot out there. Uh, but the first one is a big one. Forrest continues to take L's on his Batman-themed properties. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the and L's Suicide. are not shaped like boomerangs. Nope. And, and they're not shaped like Cal L's either. No. Uh, and Suicide Squad had a leaked screen 
that uh, has been taken down everywhere, so you know it's probably real. And it revealed that it has battle pass and live service elements in it. Yep. And Captain Boomerang uses a gun. I. That's not even uh, like. Like. Sure, boomerangs are not a. Like a widely versatile weapon. Lieutenant but, First Amendment. <laughs> Second Amendment. <laughs> Major Uzi. Major Uzi. Yeah. Uh, um, but like, listen. Don't worry, I got you know, Ty yeah, the yeah. Tasmanian Tiger had boomerangs that also shot laser blasts out of them. So yeah, here's an idea that I came up with earlier when I was talking to David about this. Why can't he just have a gun that shoots boomerangs? Oh. <laughs> it's goofy. There it's is, comic booky. If you have to have him have a gun. Maybe he throws the gun like a boomerang. <laughs> Oh, there's another good idea. <laughs> that's wonderful. I guess, but Borderlands already did it. Yeah, but were, did any yeah, of them come the back problem. to you like a boomerang, though? Because from what I remember, they no, all they seem exploded. to just be throw they and forget. I well, hold on. There was a... This. Well, go, there go was... There is a Borderlands weapon called the Gunnerang. There is. Wow. I do remember this. Yeah. Yeah, why couldn't they just do that? They're aping. <laughs> Let's see. A special weapon effect. When reloaded, it is thrown and travels in a straight line for a medium distance. It then turns around and homes in on the wielder. So yeah, Gunnerang. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, Captain Boomerang's gun should be the Gunnerang from Borderlands. It should. If, but it also needs to shoot boomerangs. What sort of gun are they going to give King Shark? Um, mm. I'm going to say a shotgun or I'm like say a really weak grenade launcher. Like an, I'm gonna say it's gonna be like an a cannon from a pirate ship. Oh, that would be nice. That would actually be that'd be cool. really cool. <laughs> so, like, here's the thing, which I, is also a Borderlands gun, by the this, way. This game <laughs> nice. is gonna have live service elements, and really, the only standout character that everyone knows and loves is Harley Quinn. Yeah. And so, like, what are you gonna uh, I do? Think, Just... I think people are. I think you're underestimating King Shark's appeal. Okay, I get, I get, I get. He's yeah, I think King Shark's on the on the up and yeah. up after after yeah, the Suicide right. Squad movie. But like, how many skins are you going to care about collecting <laughs> of Captain Boomerang and King Shark? And well, if Deadshot's each skin of King one? Shark so. is a different shark or even a different fish, um, Ooh, or the Street Shark, get out of there! Oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, why would you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Give me a freaking four-player open-world Street Sharks game. They can have guns. They can have anything. They can have boomerangs. That show was ripe to just be given stuff because it was to sell toys. But it's... Yeah. I mean, I loved it. Uh, But yeah, uh, Suicide Squad, um, this live service thing, I... I am just so, I guess, jaded now with a lot of AAA games that I thought this was the case from the moment it was announced, and apparently that was not officially the case. People were happily assuming it was not going to have live service mechanics, and I was over here the whole time thinking that. I, I, I was preparing myself for it having these things, and I guess I was right, unfortunately. You know, sometimes you hate to be right. I, I do. The burden is 
tremendous. I think the thought was that because it was the Arkham world, that it was going to be like a self-contained single player. Not even like this. Not even like this. The Arkham versus this, safe. Right. But I agree with you. This from the beginning screamed that it was going to be a live service battle pass game. Yeah. It's a four player looter but the, shooter. But does the property support that? No. This is the problem. No, no of course not. <laughs> of course it doesn't. It's... Hardly any game that utilizes live service models actually is no, built in a way that I, supports you it. You know what? I I understand you can Especially this one. I um nailed me up, but like at the end of the day, uh Marvel's Avengers, very flawed video game. Yes. But would have been they, better if it wasn't a live service. They game. dug deep for skins and stuff. What skins are you really passionate about collecting for Captain Boomerang? None of them. Ex- like this, this least... is a, like it. It works with characters who are the focal point of lots of comic books. And yes, thus yes. Have lots of costumes. Yes. It doesn't really work with you know kind of. Not to not to uh, be detrimental, but I'll kind be of detrimental throwaway here. characters. Yeah, literal uh, D to Z list characters that have less than like I'm gonna say 200 appearances over 50 years worth of comics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you have so all a, the skins are just gonna be made up. Like yeah, they're not gonna because they haven't gone through many costume changes over the years, or at least substantial ones that are aesthetically pleasing. Like it's it's I could imagine. There'll probably be lots of skins that reference other other characters in the rogues gallery of those like of those villains. Um that would probably be the best way for them to wring new stuff out of it. Yeah. Um and there will probably be pop culture references for sure. Or they'll go the Injustice 2 and Gotham Knights way of here's just a bunch of random armor pieces that do fit the aesthetic kind of for this character but they're all slightly designed differently so you can mix and match spiky or more shoulder pads yeah i mean listen i'm these are all designed by rob liefeld oh jesus shut up (laughs) stop it right there Where's the Rob Liefeld Captain America skin in the Avengers game? Oh, yes. That's what we need. Listen. Give him that massive chest and shoulders. That man should not be allowed near a pencil (laughs) or an ink, like anything to let him do art. And yet Marvel is hiring him continuously again. I don't. It's hilarious. I don't. He's a cultural icon. (sighs) Not in the way that the rest of the image founders were (laughs) but yeah he is definitely an icon of the culture i guess (laughs) um yeah suicide squad is uh gonna be something shaping up to be what we thought it was going to be yeah it's going to be a video game and i'm sure it will have solid mechanics and Uh... will have a pretty decent um, I'm not going to hedge my. I'm not going to hedge my bets on the mechanics part just yet. I mean, I'm not saying they were going to be good, but I'm just saying they're going to be, you know, well designed. Just right. because it's a good I think, studio. I think they it. will be functional. 
I worry right. that this style of game is going to be something that Rocksteady will struggle with, and hmm. I think there are going to be a lot of growing pains, even though this game has been delayed a fair bit and has been in development for an even longer bit. Right. Let's talk about another four-player game that I'm excited about. Yeah? That I'm actively excited about. And I hope that I get to play with my friends, Forrest and Seth. But let's talk about a game called Redfall. Yeah. Mm. Um, The reason I say this is because there is an Xbox and Bethesda event on January 25th. A developer direct. Oh, yes. The developer underscore direct. Yes. Now, I know... Is the underscore really part of it? Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Um, I know you might be saying, David, Redfall looks kind of not your thing because it's a Left 4 Dead style shooter. Yeah. My brothers in Christ, my sisters in Christ, what if I was to tell you that they have since changed the narrative of that? It is not a Left 4 Dead style game. It is a four player co-op open world game with Far Cry 2 level systems inside of it. Mm. Exactly, so like, Forrest. Okie dokie. So like, uh, the Division. Uh, could be, I mean, could be like The Division, I guess. Could be like Borderlands. But Ooh. it's going to have highly dynamic systems inside of it. We love it. Will it have a gunnering? It would, you know, <laughs> this would explain why the game has been delayed a couple times. Yeah. Because when you watch those trailers and you see what they're doing with, like, some of the psychic abilities and stuff, you think, this game looks neat, but really, it looks it looks level-based and, like, run-based. Yeah. Nowhere in those trailers does it say, you're in an open world, fighting these vampires, there's a day-night cycle, and... Not only is it open world, but also it's inspired by one of, to some people, one of the best open world games ever made. Yeah. And they have tried, like, I was reading an interview with the devs where they said that. Nice. And it changed. I mean, I was going to play it anyway because it is on Game, game Pass. Yeah. And, it's, and I it <laughs> like, has the added benefit of being developed by Arcane. Right. So I and, eat them up. <laughs> and now the added bonus of me getting to be in a big open map with my buds. Yeah. There better be a uh, wingsuit. Yep. I, <laughs> I was waiting for it. I also hope we get wingsuit. I just it makes every video game better. Or I, a grapple yes. hook. And grappling hook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I at least need a grapple hook. I'm with you. One of the two for sure. I, 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 I never worry, or I never care too much about going from a high place to a low place in a game like this. I want to go from ground to the, to the sky as quickly as possible. Mm, you've never experienced true wingsuit gameplay then we should play far cry 5 (laughs) (laughs) is it time for another run (laughs) i oh god i don't make me do that to myself um uh, you're safe david i don't we could just play redfall instead it's not safe nothing Nothing. is quite like the sublime feeling of (laughs) of dropping into that world and just wingsuiting around it's it's the one thing they got absolutely right 
I'll never forget the moment we accidentally wingsuited into each other. That's still <laughs> that one was of, amazing. One of the greatest <laughs> moments in a video game. Did you fa- just fall to the ground and die? No, or we yes. died in midair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> I don't know which one's funnier. All of a honest. sudden, our screens went black, and I was like, "What, what happened?" Man. And Seth goes, "I ran into you, but I didn't <laughs> think we'd die, and we died." <laughs> <laughs> He thought he would uh, just go through me yeah. or something. But no, the game perceived Or at least, it. like, bounce off you somehow. That's what we call emergent gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. St- you should be putting on gaming pressers. Yeah. You should be like, all right, everyone, this is what we call <laughs> emergent gameplay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear that about Redfall. Yeah. Uh, I... I'll absolutely play Listen, this Listen, I was getting you. cold on it. I was like, this is going to be fine. But like it, especially after, you know, it killed it for me a little bit. We played back for blood. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, you know, maybe I don't need another one of these in my life. And so I've been kind of cold on the idea for Left 4 Dead or uh, uh, (laughs) Redfall. Yeah. And uh, hearing that, I was like, you know what? You got me. I'm back. I'm back, baby. Here I am. Back and better than ever. Um, Also, uh. I don't know what else is going to be at this event. Uh, no Starfield. They said it's going to have its own event. It's big enough. It needs its own event. So that's what they're going to do. I would bet that game doesn't come out the first half of this year like they say it's supposed to. Oh, absolutely not. It's going to um, it's going to be at least October. Yeah, we'll see. I I think maybe it misses it and goes to August. I think there's yeah. I don't know. I kind of hope it doesn't come out until August or September because uh, after looking at the game release, yeah, I mean, I've got to mentally and emotionally prepare myself for June. Yeah, so same. That's Diablo four and Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah, I'm screwed. Mm. <laughs> I'm so screwed <laughs> on so many levels. Um, but yeah. yeah, we definitely don't need another huge open world time sink to come out. <laughs> Around the same time. Right. It'd be, um, it'd be nice to get some space. And we already have Breath of the Wild coming out in May. Yep. So, like... You mean uh, the untitled Breath of the Wild Yes, sequel? yes, 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 yes. Tears of the Kingdom. Rest in peace, the Queen. <laughs> Go to hell. Um, uh, but uh, no Starfield. It's going to have its own event. Um, maybe on one of the randomly generated planets you'll get to visit the Queen. Um, in hell in hell um <laughs> the hell planet yeah the hell planet uh i don't like the monarchy it's fine you don't have to like it uh it's bad um on top of that you also don't have to like companies i like microsoft a lot because of what they put out and i like their console uh these who f- i almost used the cuss word uh, and oh, this mm. is a family-friendly show. On this, yeah, I know. On this, I try on this all-ages um, podcast. Uh, they have gutted the single-player component team of Halo. Yeah. Uh, and apparently laid off a bunch of people. Front there's Across. a whole article on Huffington Post about it uh, by Jason Schreier. Yeah. Um. At least I think that's who he works for. I can't remember. Um, 
I can't remember. I can't believe I just forgot that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, part of part of this um, booting of a bunch of people. Bloomberg. Uh, Joseph Staten, who was the lead at 343 uh, and basically rebooted development to give us the game that we have now, is leaving 343 and is going back to Xbox publishing. Right. So. Uh, effectively, I'm. I would not be surprised if they are done with the experiment of 343. Maybe. At this point. I also just think this really sucks and is lame. Yes. Um, I don't think anybody's job should just be so quickly disposable and at risk like this. No, there's so many studios they could have shifted them to. That, or even just the fact that if they needed to save money, then maybe don't go spending $96 billion on acquiring massive conglomerate studios mm. right and maybe wouldn't you, wouldn't you know have to lay the, off employees the, wouldn't you know that the layoffs happened the year to the day of them announcing the acquisition wow of yeah that may not even go through who knows it'll go through i know but i like but, some suspense right <laughs> um but yeah i that upsets me greatly it's Rough. Um, uh, something similar happened uh, with Amazon's digital comic uh, department. And it's just like both of these industries that I want the best for, especially for the people that are working in them, are just being thrown to the curb. And they are more like more than likely going to be able to find jobs pretty easily. Um, game we, studios, we certainly hope. Yeah. Game studios are always uh, – especially – smaller ones are always very kind and gracious in a process like this. They don't want their peers to go without work without job security. Um, after something like this, a lot of these people will absolutely be picked up by other studios and hopefully continue to improve their craft and do great work, but it just sucks so badly that they have to go through this in the first place. It just does not sit right with me anyway. It doesn't. The one the one positive that I, I do feel is that usually out of the sort of ashes of this sort of stuff comes independent studios of people that get together and we see really fantastic stuff from them. Yeah. And... Just really passionate. Yeah, it's what I, I hope to see. I hate that this is the way that, that uh, those things are born, but it it is something that happens. Um, but yeah, it absolutely is terrible. And I think that like we need reminders every so often of how much companies don't uh, I am the biggest person of on a soapbox of like companies don't care about you. Uh, I love Nintendo and stuff, but they don't care about their employees as much as they might do nice things to make it seem like that. Um, And so it's, you know, hopefully something good comes of this. And I feel bad for everyone that has to go through all of the terrible stuff of having to find a new job because of layoffs. It's terrible and stupid. Um, But... It's a rough spot to be in. It is, truly. Um, 
Apparently, their reason suck. Yeah, their reasoning was because of lowered digital spend when uh, Microsoft just bragged about how many people had Game Pass. So take that for what you will. Um, I guess not enough people were buying skins in Halo. Um, I mean, they so, were gonna. So they we were, got the single player, right? They were gonna the have company. a justification for it if it, they yeah. didn't have that excuse. There was gonna be another one in the yeah. chambers, so. and there's always an excuse. Um, so <sighs> it's annoying, and I know we just went from talking positively about like a game, but it's it's how it is. Um, and then on top of that, uh, I I guess we can. This is the corner to do it. Uh, Ubisoft is going through similar death throes. Uh, I don't understand what's going on with Ubisoft. I listen to a lot of podcasts with uh, insiders and stuff, and apparently it's been fairly well known, but not officially documented, that Ubisoft has been trying to sell itself to people aggressively. (laughs) Over the past, like, two to three years. That doesn't surprise me. And no one, everyone's telling them no, which is wild. Mm. Um, it's sort of why Ubisoft has the deal with Sony and Microsoft where you play uh, Ubisoft Plus or whatever is coming to the streaming because they yeah. couldn't get them to buy them. Um. They just canceled three unannounced games on top of like six six months ago. Uh, they delayed Skull and Bones again to possibly 2024. It's never coming out. Late 2023. Um, and they, what's insane is that they blamed all of this on uh, some other game. And because Mario Rabbids 2 didn't perform well. Hmm. And this hyper niche it's like, game. Did, right. It was Mario Rabbids <laughs> 2 going to be what saves they didn't your really company? advertise. Yeah. Yeah. Was that going to be what saves it? And then Eve Guillermo did this idiotic speech at the end that basically said, it's in your hands to the de- the developers. And it's like, have some leadership. Yeah, that's don't, fair. Don't, like it's, you're, you're you guys better make good games. Yeah, you basically put this failure on the people, and just forget about that. Their whole development model demands increasingly bigger and more expensive games to make that are all ex- ex- essentially with, the same. Yeah, with little iteration or improvement. While they're con- under constant threat of being harassed because they won't get rid of the people that yeah. are toxic in their workplace, uh, like. It's insane. Um, But yeah, I guess uh, I was listening to Jeff Grubb talk about it. I do suggest uh, we talk about the news once a week. Um, Jeff Grubb does a a daily show called The Morning Mess. And it's in the morning time, first half of the day on Twitch. And then he uploads it to podcast feeds. But he did a a little, not like super in-depth, but... Essentially, Ubisoft has been told by all of these companies that your finances are nowhere near in any sort of order for you to even be right to look at buying, mm. which is rough. Yeah. If you're trying to shop yourself and there people are like, yeah. eh, <laughs> I no, no, 
especially in this market where everyone's trying to buy up studios. Uh, yeah. Who, who would have thought that having people running your organization who don't know how to do it would be uh, would be bad for you in the long run? Right. <sighs> yeah. Um, so it's hard out there. Making games is hard. And especially when you're an idiot about it. Um, but uh, was there any other news that you guys saw besides uh, those couple of things? Nothing's ringing to mind right now. It's been really slow. Yeah. Um, I mean, is that thing next week by the time we record? It is the day we record next week. Wonderful. So we'll cover it on Wednesday. Big news on the way. Um, Seth, was there any news that Should you saw? Should be fun. Um, the developers of the Steam World series are doing their own little. Yes, I saw this uh, yesterday, Steam and I World meant to Telegraph tell you about stream it, and I forgot on the, to. Yeah, on the twenty third. <laughs> yes, gonna, like, I guess outline what is next for them. This is actually massive. Uh, oh, also speaking of uh, uh, other massive news, uh. Platinum Games reportedly is working with Microsoft to revive Scalebound. Yes, that was oh. the other thing. Oh. How it's, could we forget? Notable enough people were tweeting about it that there's got to be smoke <laughs> and possible fire. And I, you know, I'm not, we'll, we'll wait to talk about The Last of Us TV show because that's way bigger news. Yeah. Give me the Scalebound. I... Give me the big headphones. Give me the dragons. I think if Platinum does bring back Scalebound, mm. they maybe want to consider hiring some people outside of Platinum. Because Platinum, after Bayonetta 3, I feel Platinum is just a little too far behind in this specific genre space from their peers. Giant dragon riding? Uh, yeah, and character, I mean, the and character reason, action. <laughs> like the, the reason Scalebound died was apparently because it just wasn't fun to play. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it would, you know, it, it seems well, like... Well, they were wrong. They don't know what fun different. is. <laughs> How could that game not if be fun? If this comes back, me? I... You know, it's... We're in such a different space when, than when Scalebound is, was announced. Yeah. I, but if this comes out, I I know it'll never happen. But I long for the crossover of the scalebound protagonist, the uh, Jack from uh, Final Fantasy: Stranger of <laughs> Paradise, yes, and the girl from uh, uh, Forspoken. Like they seem, they should oh like God. they should all get together and do something. I want all of them to get their butts whooped by Nero from Devil May Cry. No, I just want them to like. Have them in a sitcom or something. Oh, yeah, that too. That'd be fun. You know, speaking of... A visual novel with all three of those. Team Ninja. They made a very heartfelt post the other day because it was the anniversary of DMC. I didn't see that. Yeah, it was on Twitter. And I was like, oh, look at that. It was nice. They're like, not too often are you given the chance to take a fresh look at a franchise. And we were glad to do that with this and i was like oh man but yeah shout out to those three characters they should all be riding dragons together um 
I Just be doing something together. I agree with Forrest. Uh, they don't know what a fun game is. <laughs> I bet you I could have found joy playing it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know what that says about me, but uh, it makes me better and I'm built different. Yeah. That's, that's where we'll leave it. You can just find fun in more things. Yeah. Life is more enjoyable. Um, I swear, if that happens at the developer direct, if they just flash Scalebound, like, or Scalebound is back, uh, A, it'll mean nothing it'll to be, the larger populace. Yeah. Especially do it like with how long it takes Nintendo. For- just like the way Nintendo announced Metroid Prime Four, and then nothing came. Or of it. even just like, or even just any other Flash the logo. game that's been, a, been announced. It's shown four years before any meaningful development happens to it. Yeah, that's literally what happened with Bayo Three and Babylon's Fall for a little bit. I mean, it's the mm. same with Elder Scrolls Six, yeah. which is still in pre-production. <laughs> As of like three months ago, so that game's not coming out till at least twenty twenty seven. It, it is not coming out for the Series X. It is coming out for the next console. I believe it. It's twenty twenty nine, baby. Let's go. Yeah, that's if the world still exists, we're lucky. Um, but with, uh, I think that's a good place to end it with scale bound. Yeah, with that. Um, and really, I, I can't believe y'all blew me away with the steam world thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I should have, I'm a bad fan. I meant to tell you yesterday because I saw it and I immediately shot up. I was, you realize I shout out to Josh. who's probably listening to this. Uh, but like I, the other day was like, you should play the steam world games to him (laughs) because they are art. And then he told me that I have to play Near Automata, and I think I'm finally going to do. I it. need to because he Ooh. he has good game. I yeah, no. And Josh has. I want to give him credit as my friend. Uh, he has played multiple video games that I've told him he should play. Wow! He finished <laughs> Hollow Knight because I. <laughs> I talked to him one day about it so passionately. He goes, I think I only got like halfway through that, but now I'm going to beat it. And he ended up loving it. So that's wow. great. But I, like, I would, I hope to be more like that. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, he's played a couple video games because I said how good they were. Wonderful. Um, so. Thunderful. Yeah. Thunderful even. Yes. Um, but with that, we will talk at you next week. Bye. Hasta la vista. Goodbye, gamers.